welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Krabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident Krabby Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Hey, Katie, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Hey, thanks for having me. This is a really intriguing conversation. You and I have actually chatted for a solid five minutes before we started recording. I think it's something we're both kind of passionate about, this idea of living a distracted life, be it social media, be it the actual media, your phone, or just being distracted from your day-to-day things that are in front of you. And so you wrote a book. That's always so exciting when people are writing books about the things that like me personally, I'm walking through. I'm like, yes, "Yes, give me a book about it. But then she remembered how to give God your full attention in a distracted world. Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, this really just came out of my lived experiences. That's the best writing, right? And I also a Bible study girl. I love to study the word. And when I see these themes throughout scripture, I think like, man, why are we not getting a hold of this more? So just really comparing what's in the world with what's my lived experience. And God kind of brought some other things in at the same time. My dad was struggling with heart failure and then he ended up having a transplant surgery. And so I I was just absorbing as much information to help with them with that as I could and reading about cellular memory and just diving in, just totally kind of nerding out on all the information and seeing how God designed us to be remembered. Right. And the distraction, distracted nature is not new. These are problems we've dealt with for years. So why are we just living with them? Why are we content to live with them? So it's been a really fun process. And I think we are like content. A lot of people, maybe not, hopefully not everybody, right? Like you hope we're having a conversation with people who are kind of coming up alongside us going, yeah, I don't want to have my phone in my face all the time, or I don't want to be forgetful to my faith or to the people that are important to me, what do you blame the most? Is it technology or is it like nature? The most, that's a hard one. I mean, technology is part of the problem. Right. Sometimes it's us wanting to escape, but I do think people have wanted to escape for all of history. Right. But I used to love to read the newspaper and you could just think about those old movies and you have the man there with his feet up on the coffee table with that big newspaper blocking everybody else out because we want to break. Right. And there isn't anything necessarily wrong with that. I think sometimes we put too much of the blame on technology because these are also really helpful tools that we use and have advanced our world in great ways. So to just completely throw those out the door is really not all that helpful. But then I think we're just lost as to what to do. Okay, I don't really like this, but I don't know what to do about it. So I'm just going to exist with it. And it is a little bit of a social contagion, right? I mean, this is not an isolated issue. Yeah. And it really is generally acceptable now. It is. I just saw a photo the other day. My kids were at an event and I wasn't able to attend. So another mom took a picture and they were sitting on this like bar stool, this long bar stool, more like a bench, I guess. And all the kids are there and, and she snapped this photo and there happened to be in the background, like seven other adults. I just happened to notice they weren't, you know, they weren't even a part of this picture really, but here they are in it. 
And every single one of them is sitting there on their phone. That's what they're doing. And these little kids are smiling, but they're not even aware of what's going on. And I mean, that easily could have been me, right? They could have been doing good work in that moment, but it is representative of our society. And I think, is this how I want to exist in the world? Is this what I want to be remembered as just sitting there with my phone in my face? So it's definitely a bigger challenge. You said they could be doing good work. That is one of the hard parts is not every single thing that you're doing on your phone is pulling you away from something necessarily more important. Like there is good work to be done to your point of how technology has furthered our society and given us such a much, like so much of a further reach, you know, for me personally, the fact that sitting, I mean, I'm in front of technology right now. That's right. You know what I mean? That for me, I can sit in front of technology, but I can be having a really incredible conversation with a really wise person that's going to get disseminated to thousands of people. Like I get to reach thousands of people from sitting in front of my computer. That's not a bad thing, but it's like those, it's the scales, right? Is like, what's the most important thing and what's my motivation for the things that I'm doing? And I do think we've lost the thread on those things as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I tried really originally when I started to notice this being an issue, I tried to just distance it. Let's get rid of the whole thing. Let's get rid of the phone. Give me a bag phone or a phone connected to the wall. And you realize how much you have benefited from it and you neglect that, right? Because even your listeners right now are being mentored by someone. Like we have mentors from across the world. If you don't have someone in your backyard, if you don't have the friends right where you are in local community because you're new or whatever, or when the world shuts down for COVID, Mm -hmm. you know, we still had connection. Those are gifts I don't want to um, ignore either. So we have to find somewhere in between those two to make this work well and become focused people who are numbering our days and our minutes well. Yeah. And so responsibility, it's self-control and responsibility is really what it comes down to because I'm the same way. I actually bought a like dumb phone, (laughs) the ones that don't connect to the internet. Yeah. I was on the fringe of just doing that. And I was like, girl, how you, how you gonna run your Instagram without an iPhone? You know what I mean? Like, okay, this, I took a jump and this didn't make any sense. Yeah. But I think a lot of people do have an all or nothing mindset with their family. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying I do think there is room in the middle for adults and for children. Like my kids have tablets. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, they do. Yeah. But they have educational content on them and they have really strict like time limits on it. It's a tool. That's right. You know what I mean? It's not a replacement. It's a tool. And that's I think we get very like right and wrong, black and white in this conversation. And that's what I appreciate is that you're bringing a lot of the more nuanced like we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Let's talk about how to do this better. Right. Well, and sometimes it's easier to think in the black and white because it Absolutely. doesn't take any management or work on our own part. I don't have to trust the Holy Spirit to convict me when I am doing some good work, but all of a sudden now I'm looking at paint colors from someone else's house on Instagram. Like then I need to be reminded, oh wait, okay, I'm, I'm messing this up and this is not how I want to spend my time. So it seems easier just like let's toss the phone or go all in one or the yeah. other, but we're, we're really looking for something different here. What are we sacrificing by living distracted lives? Because I think most people who are listening would be most, not all, but I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty distracted. I'm pretty either addicted to my phone or I don't have a very long attention span or I don't know how to be alone with myself. What are we sacrificing by making that decision? That's the most concerning question. They let me dive into a lot of research for this book and just spend time like looking at the studies. And they say about 80% of Americans will admit they're addicted to our phone. So that's kind of interesting to think 
addiction is a whole nother level. Like I'm compulsively reaching for it. When I don't have it, I feel unsettled when I can't Google something or so we feel that tension, but it's somehow one we're just okay to live with. And so we see over time, our attention spans just decreasing and decreasing mm-hmm. and decreasing. And then we have all this, it's always video and image content. The other day I was on a website looking at something legitimate and all the ads that were popping up, there were three at a time and they were all videos. Like I thought, no wonder we don't have attention span anymore. This is ridiculous, you know, but we're playing into it. So when that attention span narrows and we can't focus as much, we can't be as educated as people because we can't mm-hmm. focus to learn. Then you sit down to read your Bible and the words don't look like they do on Instagram, right? It's a little harder to read yep. and it's hard to sit there because things are pinging our minds all the time. So we've developed this habit of I'm not going to be a learner. I'm not going to be a reader because I just can't pay attention anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's that decreased attention span and just becoming okay with it. But then when it comes to a heart issue, like how those things impact our heart and it happens so subtly that we don't even realize it's happening. So those are the real risks here. Absolutely. What do you think those changes look like? What do those changes in our hearts look like? I think they look subtle, (laughs) but a lot of people notice this just when they get on social, right? If you're doing it for entertainment or whatever, or good purposes or catching up with friends, but all of a sudden I feel discontentment in Mm -hmm. my marriage or with how I decorate my home. I mean, that's, it's just there and you don't even really know that it's happening. That's the concerning part to me. All of a sudden, I just don't like my couch anymore. And I don't realize the impact it's having on me. Yeah. So that that's, um, it's changing our thoughts and our attitudes. Friend shared a study with me recently that was talking about our capacity for empathy. Instead of just like caring for our local people, now we care for people around the world, which again, on one hand is amazing. But when we see so many stories of hurt and need, like our um, empathetic capacity can be burned in 30 minutes online. And then we turn around and snap at our own kids right next to us, right? Because we just don't have the capacity to handle all of this. So it definitely needs to be weighed. That was kind of the breaking point for me last year was as someone who like on social media, I do political commentary, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which means it is part of my job to stay up to date with the absolute dumpster fire that is at least American news. And I got to this point where I was like, I don't think we were created to know everything. I don't think we were created to be this connected, to know every terrible headline that happens across the country. And not to mention the like added benefit of no human was meant to read this many negative things about themselves or have this much negative feedback. And it kind of all came to a head for me right around when my book came out in October. And I had to make this huge shift in the way that I was interacting with my phone and everything that was included in that because I was 100% addicted to my phone. And it had honestly what was it had been what was required of me. That's right. That's right. To get this book out into the world. Like I was on my phone and I was doing interviews and I was po- I mean, it was the expectation and so then that was over. And I literally remember the week after my book came out being like, I don't ever want to look at my phone again. You know like I just can I like the bag phone became really attractive again. Yes, yes exactly. So it was it was recognizing what I had sacrificed. And I think some of it was like empathy because when you become numb, when you're getting that much feedback all day long, the big thing for me became the idea of taking my thoughts captive. And I know you talk about that a lot. I grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. And so I always heard this phrase. Then I was like, what does this actually mean? What does taking your thoughts captive actually mean to you? Yeah, that's it really is the heart of the issue. And I think we stop right there. 
taking the thoughts captive. Okay, I got them. Now what do I do with them? But (laughs) the other part of that scripture is to align them with obedience, align them with truth. So then what what does that look like here when I'm thinking all these things and I don't realize that my thoughts are, are out of whack here, right? And then what am I believing to be true? What am I believing? Like all of that comes from this. And in John 14, Jesus talks about when he's, he's getting ready to leave, you know, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit who is going to teach you all things and help you remember all the things I've taught to you. So that learning is so important because then he can help us remember. If we haven't done the learning, then we don't have anything to remember. So when we need that help, I am lost right now. I feel so anxious. I feel so worried. I'm looking at the world news and what's going on in Taiwan or what's going on in Russia. And like, I don't, I can feel that tension building up. Those are times to take those thoughts captive. Yeah. Okay, can I align them with truth? What is true about God? And I felt this in the exact same way you're saying when I launched my first book, because there was so much expectation and I was new to this, just, mm-hmm. just like you, like I hadn't done this before. This is not my normal schedule. This is not my normal life. And I remember I'm not typically an anxious person. I just kind of run level. And I called a friend. And I said, I feel a ball of anxious nerves in my stomach right now. And like, is this just what it's like? I just have to do this now because this was new to me. And she said, this is what you need good friends for. I'm going to ask you one question, Katie. What are you believing to be true about God right now? Mm. She just like cut through the garbage to what do you believe? Do you believe he led you here to hang you out to dry? I mean, she didn't have to say all those words, but that's what I was living, right? That was my lived out theology in that moment. Like, absolutely not. So I had to take all of those thoughts and align them with truth. This is what I believe to be true. This is what I want to live for. And the same thing happens when these distractions come in. How do I want to live my life? Looking at someone else's paint colors? You know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. When we're shopping for paint colors, we used to go to the store and line up paint chips, okay? But then there's a part where that takes over and we're constantly seeking after the better or something else or what we don't have. And it does damage to our hearts. So it's when we notice those things, Lord, is this what I'm supposed to be doing right now? Could you convict me in that moment to think this is worthless? Mm. This is These are foolish things I don't need to be seeking after. And so it's just pay, staying in step with the Holy Spirit. Remind me what is true. Help me line those things up so I can live this out well. That's a really beautiful filter to put your thoughts through is what am I believing about God right now? Yeah. I had a friend who said the same almost to a T. Hers was, do you really think God brought you this far to say, I think she essentially said like to hang you out to dry. You're like, oh, we got this far now. Figure it out. Yeah. That's not who he has ever been. That's not who he's ever going to be. But it was what I was believing about God in reference to me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like it wasn't that I, my view of God had changed. It was that my view of like how he feels about me had changed. And that was a huge wake up to be able to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I do 100% believe he has like walked us through the last three years and I can see his hand in all of it. And then we got here and he went, <laughs> like, luck, peace yeah. out. Yeah. And that requires, I think, a degree of humility to be able to look at what am I believing about God? I love what you said about lining it up with truth because you said that at the beginning, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm believing some not great things about God right now. Wait, this really awesome book (laughs) tells me who he is. Yeah. Just open it. Mm -hmm. And then you're lining your thoughts up with who he's telling you he is. Right. That's awesome. I love that. And those feelings, I mean, we have all those feelings that we're, you know, so we're feeling them in the moment and all that, that tension. And so we just think that that is the truth. But when we peel that back. It's pretty embarrassing. You know, I write about these things. I have 
followed Christ almost my entire life. I was raised in the church. I was a pastor's kid. So I know better. Yeah. And here I am, you know, just tripping over the same dumb thing. So we just need someone to call it out. And the more we do that, the quicker we get at seeing it, you know, when we're seeing, when we're distracted, when we pay attention to these things, because he's all about helping us in these things. Exactly. So when we have his Holy Spirit in us, we're starting to notice and we're starting to becoming better at paying attention. What about when you do start to realize, like, I think that there's steps to this, right? It's first, oh, wow. Yeah, I am distracted. I am addicted, whatever that is. And taking the next steps to change that in your life. And then the hope is that you can kind of get ahead of it, Mm -hmm. right? You can kind of get ahead of those distractions and the things that are coming into your life to like kind of stray you. How do we prepare? Because the distractions aren't going to go away. Right. They just shift and turn, right? Right. We're choosing not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So how do we navigate that responsibly? So we put a few things in place, right? We start, we start practicing what we can do. One thing I do that I actually just used this morning is I speak to the distractions. And that sounds like super weird and new age, but it's, it's just calling it. out what's happening right now. Okay. I will even do that with my kids because we talked we talked about kids that that really does put a lot of pressure on us because we are right they're watching how we handle this and we're the first generation to really live like completely deep in it. Yep. So we don't even know how we're supposed to train them when we're struggling here ourselves. I have a bunch of teenagers, so we're like trying to figure out I want them to do it well when I don't even really know how to do it well at times. Exactly. Before they would see me pull down a res- recipe box, you know, 20 mm. years ago and, and look for my recipe and they don't know. They just see mom's on her phone again. So oftentimes I tell them what I'm doing. You know, mom's going to look for a recipe right now so they know and they can be aware what I'm using this tool for. But then I do the same thing to myself. Oh, okay, now I'm just taking a time out. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I'm entertaining myself for a moment, but I'm going to do it for five minutes. I'm going to put little parameters around that so I'm not 20 minutes scrolling something on Netflix or YouTube or whatever, because it's usually the good things that draw me away the most. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's helpful. It's interesting information. Mm-hmm. This morning I was making, this was just like not even a technological example was making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to send someone out the door with. And I opened the fridge and I'm like, what, what am I in the fridge for? Just looking, you know, because someone else is talking to me. So this like distraction is not necessarily always related to technology. Yeah. And I stood there and said, I'm making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh yes. I'm looking for the jelly, right? right. Like just, you know, what am I doing here? Because the, the barriers on our phone, they don't even exist. So we were doing something intentionally well on that phone. And then now we're way over here. So right. I just have to call them out. This is what I'm doing. And I make a, pr- a practice of just calling out what I'm doing so I can get myself back on track because it's so easy to slip there. That's one habit is just to. I love that. I actually did that on accident the other day. And <laughs> this is not going to be a surprising story, but I said I was looking something up for my oldest. She was working on a project. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at, I think we were looking up like the state flower. She was writing a project about state. Yeah. Let me look up their state flower. I'm looking it up. Got <laughs> completely distracted. Had an email come through that it needed to be responded to, but like it could have waited five minutes while I got her what she needed. But I went to that and a couple minutes passed and my eight-year-old's like, you looking at that flower, mom? <laughs> but because I had said that was what I was doing, it almost like allows them to help you stay accountable and responsible. Because, right. yeah. hey, I'm looking up a recipe and then 30 minutes later, you haven't started cooking. Hey, mom, are you... <laughs> How's that recipe go? <laughs> you know That's what I right. mean? Yeah. So I love that. And I love just like a very, ta- give me something tangible to do because I think for a lot of people, it feels insurmountable. It does. It feels so overwhelming. And you're also teaching them how to do it. I'm showing them that we struggle here. Like that's what I've had to talk to my teens about. I'm not perfect at any of this, but here's some things I put in place to make it a little easier. So you're teaching her at the very same time. You can say, 
yeah, mom got distracted for a second. Thanks for reminding me I'm back yes. on this, you know, and that's how she's going to have to learn to deal with it as well. Exactly. What do you think the biggest challenge facing people that are listening to this and maybe haven't started this walk at all? Mm-hmm. They're just now maybe like experiencing some conviction that I am distracted and conviction is good. And that comes from God. And it's something that moves us forward. It shouldn't be like a dirty word. What's their next step? Their next step is just to try. I think a lot of people think it's a losing battle. Yeah. Like what's the point? But we talk about that. We talk about, we, we put these little monikers on it. Like I have mommy brain or whatever. We're just becoming okay with not remembering, with our minds not functioning super well. And my teenager, this is the great thing about having teenagers. They're not afraid to call you out on things. And they're not always mean like a pain about it. Sometimes they're just stating the obvious. I had a son who said, it's funny how adults always talk about their memories not working well, because isn't that like a muscle you can work, mom? I, I think it'd be funny if you guys like broke your leg and you're like, well, it was nice having two legs, you know, <laughs> like you're just kind of okay with it. Yeah. Which is so funny when you hear them say that, like, yeah, we actually are okay with being distracted. And like, yeah, everyone is. Right. And to a certain degree, that is life. But what are we doing about it? What are we teaching them and showing them that, hey, I can put things in practice slowly. Like, like don't jump off. Don't try to throw your phone away. Right. Right. Some of these things we try to put, or we do these social media fasts, which that can be healthy, that can be helpful. But the University of Kansas did this study and found that when people do social media tasks or fasts, they, they're not actually converting that time to helpful tasks that they wanted instead, right? They're just using that to now, now I actually, since I'm not on social media, I scroll YouTube. Uh-huh. And I give an example in the book, like I did a sugar fast once with a friend. She's like, hey, will you do this with me? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. All of a sudden, I'm starving. You know, it's fun till you're not hung- when you're till you're hungry, right? And then I'm in the pantry, and I, I'm not a chip person. I'm going to be the sugar person, right? Okay. So I see these chips that I would normally let go stale. Well, all of a sudden, I'm eating chips, right? How? What advantage do I have by just switching <laughs> from one bad thing to the other, right? right? And that's kind of what that research was saying that we just jump to something else. Okay, now I'll just scroll on this, or I'll be on this app. I'll delete this app one, but I'll I'll use this app now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, for me, it has to be everything. I actually take every social media app and my email off of my phone every Friday and put it back on on Monday morning. And it is everything. But I actually learned the best tip from a pastor when we went through Lent one year. I'm not Catholic, but the church that we were going to at the time observed Lent. Mm-hmm. And the church was pretty small. So we could like do almost like challenges together. And for Lent, we gave something up that was distracting, but replaced it with beneficial habit. And it was this reflex when you wanted to pick up your phone. We And I'm sure I did social media. I don't remember, but I'm that's what I always fast from because it's what I need the most fasting from probably. But if you want to eat ice cream, you will call somebody you care about or send a text to encourage somebody. And so it was this, it was really cool to see other people's stories of that. And it doesn't have to be like really focused and Like, I think sometimes we get a little meticulous with that kind of stuff, but the idea of replacing it when you do fast, I think social media fasts are really beneficial consistently. Our brains were not meant to be engaged like that 24 seven, seven days a week. Like we just weren't. That's right. And so taking time off from that. and, And then I come back more creative and more revived and like more ready to engage. I just am a big fan of fasting from, but I agree that. Like, what are you doing with that time? Right. Are you just scrolling Netflix? Yeah. Are you just doing like one other kind of media? Or are you reading a real book for the first time in years? And the research totally supports that. There's an article I read from Forbes. So this is just like mainstream world knowledge that I feel like we people who are living 
with an eternal mission are just ignoring while the world's getting it. So Forbes was talking about maybe it's not so much the distractions because we don't get distracted from our distractions, right? We don't just Mm -hmm. get distracted and all of a sudden start doing something good. But it was about paying attention to what you pay attention to. Mm. It was just getting clear, like, what do I want to live my life for? You know, do I want half the photos that I'm in the background that I'm sitting there on a phone? Or do I want to be out there serving and loving? Do I want to be sitting by those kids and getting to know them? And if I want to do that, then I'm going to be about it. If it's the first thing on my mind, if that's what I want my life to move toward, then I'm going to think about it and I'm going to start doing it. So when I'm not doing that, just like you said, I'm going to be doing this instead. And I think it's worthwhile for people to like become aware of and acknowledge the addictive properties of these things. Like you're addicted to it by design. You're not a bad person. You're not weak. Nobody's judging that you're addicted to your phone because your phone and every single app on it was created for you to get addicted to it. That's exactly right. Yeah, there's a whole empire behind you, like working on these algorithms. And when you start to dive into the science, it's mind boggling, like no wonder. Exactly. And so we're kind of powerless against it thinking, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to do less when, when they're fighting constantly to keep our eyes on that screen. So it's definitely a bigger battle than that. Yeah, absolutely. Tell people where they can connect with you, get their own copy. Because I know you share so much just like really valuable content and people are going to be wanting to further this conversation. Yeah. So the, the book's called, But Then She Remembered How to Give God Your Full Attention in a Distracted World. And it's available just about everywhere now. My social media is somewhat limited, but I'm on Instagram pretty regularly and they can find me there. Awesome. And we'll link all of that in your show description. Thank you so much, Katie. This was such a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Blake. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week.